It is 9.33, and joining me now, our Master Gardener friend, Ms. Barb Lampson, with some good news. Hey, Barb. Hey, Karen, we do have some good news. Um, as you know, my husband had emergency surgery. Now, not everybody knows that, but, no, but it no. was very scary. It was very scary because he had a hernia, and that hernia came out and couldn't wouldn't stay back in again, and it had pressed on the colon and had stopped the blood supply there, and that serious... That's every, very serious, yeah. Everything is backing up into his stomach, so... We made a mad dash for Rochester, and they took care of us, and we're back home now. And I'll tell you what, one of the things I noticed most when I was at the hospital there uh, was um, the uh, staff. We have young people. We have older people. We have people from foreign countries. We have... Very diverse. A very diverse group of people, and... I think that is so great when you get these different opinions and they come to the best decision for you. It's not just one person or two people. And then along with the technology that they have that can confirm what they're seeing and uh, just really, really great. And um, I was very happy to, when they said that David's muscles were so good because they had to cut through some of those muscles. You know, well, yeah, because you know, Dave, David's had uh, cancer that was very serious before, and yes. and I don't remember how long ago that was. So he's really undergone some serious health things. Yeah, yes, he has, Karen, and uh, these healthy muscles. You know, he swims. He's worked hard at getting those back. He has, yeah. and he swims um, twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and uh, he swims a half mile in laps each time and this is very good for the whole body and he works out in the exercise room there so you know if um, we're happy to hear that Barb really we we talk about you know the COVID and being healthy and what you should do but you know be sure you're getting plenty of exercise you're eating right because you never know when this nasty thing will strike and uh, it'll be easier to to come out of it and have better conse- uh, uh, better consequences if, if you are healthy. So, also, the good news. You know, our friend Mark Seeley, who is at the University of Minnesota, and... Um, he's a meteorologist. He's a meteorologist. Climatologist, right. And we watch him and listen to him and get our information from there. Now, he was supposed to be our keynote speaker at the, the spring fling that the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners were holding, but because of COVID, remember that was really early on, yes. so we yes. didn't hold, we canceled that, which a lot of things early on, but you say he's going to be coming? He's com- he's he's coming. going to, he, he has a program um, uh, that they're broadcasting through uh, First Fridays, uh, which is uh, the Presbyterian Church downtown, Okay, and his the title of what he's speaking about is Why Should Christians Care About about climate change. Okay. And of course, why should anybody care whether you're a Muslim or what you anybody, are? Right. Atheist, anybody. I mean, climate change affects every single person in so many ways. So that's today at noon to 1 p.m. But you need to call down there and get a link. This is going to, you don't go in person. You're going it's to. It's the online thing. Yeah, it is the online thing. And so let me just give you those. It's just um, FPC, that stands for uh, First Friday, 
FPC or, or First F- Presbyterian Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, and then it's it's Mankato.org. So FPC, P like in Presbyterian. Yeah. Um, and Mankato.org, and then you can click on that link to see Mark yep. Seeley's climate. Um, right, right. Climate change. And they said they are going to have it. Uh, it is recorded. And so hopefully if 12 to 1 isn't good for you today, why don't you check with them and see if you can get it later yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of times they'll, they'll record those so you yeah, can watch it'll, them. Yeah, it'll be on for a while. Yeah, well, that so. sounds like a really good one. Thanks for sharing that, Barb. Well, yes. Uh, uh, good information, good to have. And I know we have a lot on our minds, but climate... <laughs> Climate has to be right up there at the top. Speaking of climate, this is kind of weird weather now. This is really, yes. really warm for November, and I have taken some afternoons off this week to uh, go out and garden, and I'm going to take this afternoon off as well. You know, I have a lot of vacation time built up. So I have been out trying to finish up things for the fall, and one of the things I have these climbing James Galway roses. Yes. And now they are zone four, mm-hmm. but I'm really concerned because they, uh, they're just so beautiful. I just got them last year. And so I thought, what do I need to do to help these roses to put them to bed? So I actually contacted the company. They're David Austin Roses, mm-hmm. which he's a breeder that out of English roses. And, and, uh, and been around for a long time. For a long, long time. Yeah. And so basically one of the things that um, they recommend is to um, take, I, I used a chicken wire and made like a little enclosure around yes, it. And yes. I um, piled 10 to 12 inches of, of soil. In this case, I just dumped a bag of compost on it. Sure. To, and, and I took all the leaves off first because you don't want to have any of those those leaves on in case they have any sort of disease or insects or anything. So I just took a scissors and cut some of those off. And then it said spray with a dormant spray. So I got some dormant spray at my local nursery. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to help, you know, preserve it if there's any fun um, fungus or anything on there. Sure. And then I took and surrounded it. So there's like a little cage around the bottom. And then I, I packed the soil from 10 to 12 inches. So that will help to insulate the soil so you don't have that freeze thaw. And then what I'm going to do is wait till it freezes hard. And then all the rest of the leaves should fall off. And because these are climbing ones, and these are uh, yeah. these are ones that I can't take down because they're all wound around the sure. the arch. Sure. Um, I'm going to take a burlap, and um, I know it sounds like a lot of work, but I, I just want to save these because they're just so beautiful. And so I'm going to take burlap and wrap around to give them a little extra protection. And they sure. suggest maybe putting some straw in there to prevent the wind from drying them out. Sure. And I also wa- have been watering everything very well because it's been a while since we've had any rain, and right. so. That is really important to when your plants go into the winter that they have enough moisture in the ground because it's right. not going to be able to get in there when it's <clears throat> froze. So, so that's what I I did, and and I'm hoping that that will, you know, protect. You them. know, this is the thing when you're a gardener and you're passionate about it, and you find something that you love. Of <laughs> course, you're going to go baby I mean, it. Yes, you have to get, you have to do these things, and then after you know a few years, you can you can see how. This rose will respond to our winters, right. and maybe you won't have to do as much. And also, after it puts down deeper roots, it might be better able yes. to. Yes. And you know, the other thing that uh, uh, people have done if they've had something like this, and 
they used to take things down off from the trellis and then lay them down on the ground and then cover them that way. That is the other thing they suggested. They said if you are able to take <clears throat> those off the trellis, which I couldn't because they're really wound around there, you actually kind of tip the rows yep. and you, you can lay it down and then you cover it with six to eight inches of soil, the whole right. stalks and everything. And I thought, oh man, that would just be... And that's a lot of work, but that's called the Minnesota Rose tip method yes. and mm-hmm. if you've got like those hybrid tea roses those they're a little yes. more fussy that's why I generally buy a floribunda or the the bush shrub too. roses yeah, they're right. just so much easier and I just put leaves like pack mm-hmm. um, after the ground freezes hard right I take shredded leaves and I just pile them around there and the reason I wait till it freezes is otherwise the moles and voles love to make little nests in there yeah that's exactly right you know with this uh, this rose that I had it was a, uh, a climbing rose that was introduced during the bicentennial oh. and it was called the bicentennial rose but what I had it growing on was a trellis that was like a a mesh it's designed for that and I could unhook that trellis and after I loosened up the roots on the one side I could tip it over sure but you know and I would prune it back somewhat Uh, eventually um, I just got tired of doing that. It's too much work. And yeah, th- that it, is something, times, some things just become too much work. Yeah, exactly. And and also that rose took a lot of uh, watering throughout the summer. It was it was a pretty thing. It was, uh, I believe it was an apricot colored. It was very, very nice. But we can do these things as gardeners. It's, it's surprising the way you can ensure that your plant is going to be successful. You know, Karen, I had um, a couple of plants that were in a planter that hung over the side and went onto the grass in my lawn. And you know what happened? You mean like like, uh, viney kind of stuff? Yeah, right. And what happened was, um, where they were, the grass died. And so I, I didn't realize this until... I, you know, sometimes in the fall, you have to do a lot of pruning to get things back into the place where they should they be. Get out of, they yeah. get out of line, yeah. They do get out of line. And so I thought, well, is it too late? And I planted this grass in September, and uh, I worked it up really well. I put in some more compost, and I watered it. And you know, I'm going to tell you, that grass looks really good now. It wasn't a big spot, but it looks good. But... It still has very shallow roots. Yes. I have to keep watering it now until a hard frost. And that's the thing that we forget about. As soon as it gets cooler, we don't think things need need the moisture, but they actually do, especially all the uh, conifer trees. They have to be watered really well, continuing, because they don't go dormant. Right. They, they are using that up. So continue to do that and put that on your list of things to do. Oh, Barb, I- I planted more things. Oh, naturally. What did you plant? Well, my my son, you know, breeds lilies. And so we had some in pots that hadn't been planted in the garden yet. And we had a guy make a fence around our uh, lake, uh, the garden at the lake house. So because we had problem with deer before. So the fence is done. So I went out there and Grant had got all these bulbs that he got from the uh, North Star Lily Society. And then we had these extra plants. So actually... Uh, uh, yesterday was it yesterday or the day be- no day before yesterday I actually went out and put put some things in I watered them in well and I'll continue to water them sure. and there's a fence around it now so I don't have to worry about the the things getting it but 
people, my sister yesterday, she says, oh, I have to move some hostas because some about air conditioning or something. And, and I have some tulip bulbs. I said, plant them. Sure. You could, you should still, as long as the soil is not hard um, yet, you can still go out and plant stuff. Just make sure you water them in and keep them sure. watered until the this, this soil um, it freezes. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the air conditioner. Um, also, if you have a vent like for your dryer, um, if you planted there and now something's grown over to that area because the, the, the dryer is going to be putting out warm yes. heat the whole winter long, that's not a good place. You might want to bite the bullet and you might want to move that. And if you've got good soil and you get all those roots out and uh, you water it in well, and you know, with this digging of holes and, and moving things, as soon as I get the soil improved and I dig the hole, I then water that. I yes. put the water right in there. That's Because all that soil is where that outside soil that is where those roots are going to go and where they need to go to get them out of the exact hole and go, start going over to the sides. And then once I put them in, I fill in the soil, then I water really well. And sometimes at that point, you'll see that your soil will sink down even more. Right. Yes. It's not high enough. So then you can add some more soil and some mulch. So that's, you know, that's a good way to do things. It's like... Um, Planting, it's like raising a family. You you never get done. I mean, you never get done caring for these things, and, and that's a good thing, which, which is a good segue into bringing plants in the house. House plants are plants that were outside that could either be outdoor plants Now, or hopefully you've brought them in already because those cold we had in October, oh, things yes. were, I mean, pretty much done. Yes, yes. And, you know, I take my plants and, first of all, I put them into the three-season porch, and I move them from the three-season porch into the greenhouse, and then from the greenhouse into my house. They either go under lights or they go in the bay windows. But um, here's the problem I have with plants. I feel so connected to them. I don't want them to die outside. I did take cuttings from begonias and things, but there were some geraniums that... The color was so amazing, uh, and these were unnamed, inexpensive things, yeah. you know, like uh, a sharp pink color or a brilliant red or a white white. So I brought in about four pots of those, put them in my bay window, and they have been a bit of a nuisance. They have been flowering. I should have cut the flowers off, but I wouldn't do that. I just wanted to see that color in my house. And they drop petals every single day. You know, they make yeah. a clump, and those are made up of individual petals, and off they come. And I look each day to see, was there anything loose on here? Should this? And there isn't, but by the next morning, there they are, they're laying on the floor. So um, if you bring plants in, if they're flowering, or even leaves, some have leaf drop. They don't like to be in the... Oh, they, the big leaf drop. And yes. then, the, then you got a real... I know I've got a real mess because, I, in fact, I was watering one and I brought it to the sink and I have this trail of leaf, yes. <laughs> leaves that were trickling oh. off on the carpet. And I go, Whoops. Karen, I did the very <laughs> same thing and these real fine leaves and I just thought... But so watch for that. The other thing... If you have um, spider mites, or if you have, uh, if there's spider mites, or mealybugs, or scale, all of these things have one thing in common. 
They love plants that are in a room that's warm. Dry. Hot. Yes, dry. Which in winter a- it is. Yes, and and very, very low humidity. And if you let those petals and leaves drop into the soil of the pot, you know, they're surrounding the top right. in there, that's a great place for them to oh, go. Oh, sure. So, and spider mites. You know, my dear neighbor, Mrs. J, was over, and she said, I see a cobweb coming down from your ceiling, and I think, oh. it's, I think it's coming right into that pot. <laughs> she's so observant. She, she's, yeah. yes. I said, well, you know, I hope that when I'm 87 years old, my eyesight is as good, good as yours is. But I, I had a cobweb up on the ceiling, but I couldn't find it connecting to the plant. So I think what she was seeing was the... the uh, uh, the pull on the I have uh, leveler oh shades okay and 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 I think she was seeing that and it was coming down by the plant it had oh. went into there I think she may have been seeing that but I certainly couldn't find anything hooked together but that doesn't mean that there wasn't anything and and there were these couple of little spots up on the ceiling where there were um, spider webs so these things uh, just be alert for those and if you do have a real problem you might start off with something conservative you know wash the plant if you can do some pruning so you've got good air circulating around the foliage and then uh, you can use uh, a soapy water combination and that's really good now I've read where um, some people suggest like for mealybugs that you use um, uh, 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 rubbing alcohol mixed in water but I don't I think that's pretty strong stuff cause drying a little I bit. would I would think that would too if you didn't get that right so before you um, start doing something that you read online you better check in on a small just a small well, area of your plant or call your extension agent because if you really yeah. don't know that's just the greatest right. resource you know people ask me questions and a lot of times I don't know so I will refer them to the extension yes because that they have the scientific based stuff and you know what Shane is so great for returning calls he's our Blue Earth County emailing. Shane yeah, 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 he's just he's just really fantastic. We are so fortunate to have a resource like that in our area. Exactly. And do we have a phone number for him, Karen? I don't have it handy. I could look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, if you go down that list, it is it is under uh, Blue Earth County Governments, and it's under the Extension Service. I'm going to find it right now, okay, Blue Earth County good. Extension, because it's really a great number to have, because Shane is so, so helpful. Uh, the numbers, uh, it's 507, area code is 304-4325. That's 304-4325. And he's really good about getting back to people. So if you have any questions related to, right, to right. plants or disease, or he's good at insects, anything sure. like that. And and he will tell you, if you want to go right to the site from the university, he'll give you that information too, so you, so you have that. You know, the other thing I just wanted to mention, succulents are really a blessing well, they're our, kind of a, a big hot thing now in terms of, of yes. plants because they're they're a lot easier and you can't kill them as easy you know why because they take less care they're, they, they take neglect they, they, they <laughs> yes they do and uh, also they'll they'll tolerate the drier less humid uh, rooms that we have but they get killed easily because people overwater them yeah, that's there you the go. biggest yeah. thing they'll right. they'll get that root rot because their roots are so right. shallow and and they should be in a very shallow dish. Yeah. You don't take a succulent and put it in a regular pot. You need to get something that's only a couple inches deep because, you know, the water goes through 
tree drains off and they don't get it. They have very, very shallow roots. But I have a couple that uh, I had outside in a shady spot and they did really well there. But you know what? They have grown um, and and they don't grow tall as much as they spread out and they're they're tumbling over the uh, the edge of the pot now right. I've flat kind of dish like things with good drainage in them oh my goodness so I had to put a tray underneath them so that um, uh, I thought they would be healthier not being just hanging on the side so they can grow creep along this tray but if you're thinking about a plant, if you want to bring some of that nice green and, and life into your house, you might want to consider that. And, you know, we have uh, mother-in-law's tongue here in our window at the station. Yes, and that's, we do. And that's, down in our window wells. Yes, and that's Sensevaria. That plant comes in many sizes, many sizes. Um, I have some that are only a few inches tall. Really? Because the only ones I've ever seen are at least two feet or more tall. And they're, right. like, they're like big, long sp- spikes. Spikes, yeah. Yes. yeah. They do bloom, however, I must say. Not very often. Yeah, They have to get... Um, root-bound? Root-bound. Yeah. And you have to have been fertilizing them, too. And they do. And so I had one here that I had to yes. take home because it got so incredibly big in its pot. And I thought I was going to have to break the pot to get it out of there. But I just kept working along the edge um, and got it out. And I started a whole nother pot. I mean, they're, they're so... Did you split it up then? I did. I split it up. I took from the outside the newest growth. And I just kept working around and put that in another pot. And I had them outside all summer long, too, in a shady area. And they just they just really, really did extremely well. But I have um, uh, a couple of these um, sands of area. One of them is called um, Bird's Nest. And hmm. they... Instead of having this spiky, they're curled. The oh. the uh, stem comes up and it curls down a little bit. Okay. And they also have streaks. They have like um, gray streaks coming through. So is it through. that variegated or not really necessarily variegated? Just it, it's um, it's maybe just a couple places. Oh, okay. Where, where it's the streak will come down. So just really a nice looking nice looking plant you know take a look at some of these and unfortunately i have found if i'm not careful when i buy a plant like this if it doesn't come with a name i don't notice it at the store you know i just think oh that's i like the foliage i like the size i like and i get home and then you start trying to research and when you start looking at plants you think that could be it no but it doesn't have that or that could be it but it doesn't so it's really helpful if you get the name and perhaps they've been lost in the store or who knows what the story is yeah sometimes tags get mixed up or they fall you know they get lost and that kind of thing and and sometimes they're cheaper because of that too and you just gotta kind of place your bets that it's going to be a good one yes yes that is so true the other thing i i have done um, is to get some more um, potting soil. You know, you never can tell when things settle down when you decide 
maybe this should have been repotted. I should have had a bigger pot or I should have divided it or done something like is that. Is now a good time to repot? Isn't I mean, when is a good time to repot? I always thought kind of springtime because that's when they start their growth again. Otherwise, they're sort of dormant and sort of resting now. They, they are going dormant now, and that's true. But if you think the plant would do better, and uh, and if you feel like you'd like to get um, like to get another plant, it you could try it. I mean, I wouldn't do that with wouldn't hurt uh, it. with a really expensive plant like a clivia. I wouldn't be dividing that now. I'd let that stay dormant. But some of these other things, I certainly would. Yes, it's it's like my geraniums. I have two and three to a pot. I might just take some of those out and say, you know, I think I only need one here. Why was I doing this and get them into that one into a smaller pot? Right. I don't know if I want to be uh, vacuuming every single morning when I wake up. <laughs> I, I was going to say put, a, put a big coffee. tarp underneath and just collect them up is yeah. kind of what I think I have to do. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, people may be still be raking up leaves because a lot of the with all that yes. cold, a lot of leaves haven't dropped yet. Yes. And it is important if they are thick to get them off your grass yes. because otherwise they'll they'll you know smother the grass and um, so and if you want to use them for mulch which I do because, I mean, it's a free mulch and has such great nutrients. You can go over your lawn with, if you've got a, a lawnmower with a mulcher, if they're not too thick, and, you know, leave that in the, in the on the, the grass when it's mulched up if it's not sure. too thick. Otherwise, I have the leaf uh, shredder, mm-hmm. and if you're going to use them as mulch, really you need to shred them because once you shred them, I, I think mine, you could you could take 20 bags of regular leaves, and it'll shred it down into one big garbage bag full. So, I mean, it really yeah. shreds it down. And then I put I will use that once it freezes and put that over top to prevent freezing and thawing. And over yes. the winter, it will just break down and create some brand new right. uh, nutrients. And you know what? I, I read this um, somewhere. I, I actually sprinkled blood meal on top of it because it says it will help those leaves break down even sure. more quickly. It's and the nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, the nitrogen. And then in the spring, it'll, it'll be yeah, more it'll, even more... Healthy. I think that's that is really a good idea. And for heaven's sakes, if you planted any spring bulbs, be sure that you get those covered because they're actually making roots. Um, yeah, even with it's right cold. Right now, they have to do that, and that allows them to do that. And you also have to keep watering them, too. Right. So uh, another good thing to do. Here's the one thing that you don't do now. You don't fertilize. Right. You you don't fertilize your house plants. Well, unless you do the dormant fertilize. I... Um, November, um, they say you can put down the, 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 the dormant fertilizer. I put malorganite down okay. because that's a very, very slow release. It just goes in the soil, and then it will be in the soil, and the, the grass will be able to come back in the sure, spring. Sure, for outside. You could right, well, Outside, right, yeah. not inside. Not, not, yes. not inside yes. with your houseplants because right. they, they have, even if you have them under uh, artificial lights or, or in a south window, they just aren't getting enough sun. They're not doing photosynthesis then. And it's, you're just wasting your money and sure. you're harming the plant. And like we say, they, they actually, they may be blooming like my geraniums, but they are, they're not at full production. They're kind of at temporary production now. So we don't feed them and that's just the way that goes. So uh, that's, that's a good thing too. And then with the, the houseplants, keep deadheading. You know, just keep deadheading. I went out too. Now, deadheading is generally you think of with with uh, flowers, but yeah. I mean, a lot of houseplants don't flower. But if you have 
uh, leaves, any kind of a leaf that looks like it's misshapen or that's oh, or been drying. chewed on okay. or if it looks like it's it's yellowing, get those things off. Tidy yeah. them up, right? Yeah, tight. keep doing that. And yes. like you said, keep the leaves out of the, when it, if they fall in the pot, get them off because then you can right. get those insects and all those things that can breed in there. And, and it's, it's dry in the house. You can put out some uh, dishes of water. Just, you don't have to do anything elaborate. You can use... Uh, well, you have a special little hum- humidity maker, I do. I, I, yeah, it's it's great. You can buy these that are really small. They're uh, a little bigger than a soup can, and and you fill them, and they just put out this fine mist, and you can move it around. It is electric. It's not battery-operated, thank heavens. But, yeah, and, and that helps, and uh, put it by different plants, move it about. And then also I have the ability to check what the humidity level is. But, but it is dry in the house, too, so yeah. you probably feel that on your skin. I sure do. We need a lotion time, Barb. Yes, it is. Well, I want to thank you for coming in and visiting with us. We learned a lot of new things this morning, and we'll um, talk to you next week. Well, thank you very much, and thank you to our listeners. We're always great, happy to meet them and to get their questions. So if there's anything we haven't talked about, something that you're just dying to know. Let us either, know. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Thank you, Barb. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right, it is two minutes past 10, and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online at KMSU.org, broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University Mankato.